The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Now you've met Michael Fitzmaurice, the independent TD for Roscommon Galway on this programme many times in the past. But he's now talking about maybe giving up politics unless he can find a party that can represent what he believes in. Perhaps along the line of what's happening in the Netherlands at present. Michael Fitzmaurice joins us now. Just to clarify one thing, are you seriously thinking of giving up politics, not fighting the next election as an independent? Yeah, I've made it clear, Matt. This is new new news. Um, I've made it over the last six months or actually the last year that um, in my opinion and from the few years that I have in politics, um, say down through the years you'd remember the Tony Gregory area and where one or two um, or three maybe was important for a government. Um, that moved to five or six. And the way it looks This at is the independence, moment, you mean? Yeah, well, independence or even to make up a, a government when you're making up a government. And if you look at the, say, the moves that has gone on in politics, and you have to go with that over the last number of years, you look at the moment, it's um, a, 12, a group of 12 that the Greens have. And that could actually go to 15 or 16 because um, no single government is going to rule on their own. Maybe there's a possibility Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin could go together. Maybe they would have enough. That's up to the electorate. But if you look at it in general, it's generally three parties and a smaller group and um, of 10, 15, to up to 20 could be required. And in my opinion, Matt, um, the day is over for me on my own. That's been quite frank about it. Um, and there's no business in me saying to people that I'll be running again to be walking around the corridors of Linster House. Um, you know, you're going to, you have to look to see where you can uh, be best fulfil what you intend to do or for the people that you represent. We are hearing at the moment in rural Ireland, a lot of people that's not happy, um, be it in the agricultural sector, business sector, all the different sectors. And... Um, you know, to this Michael Fitzmaurice is leading a party or building a party or anything. I've basically thrown down the gauntlet that for the independent politicians, for the farming organisations, for the business people, and indeed people that live in rural Ireland, that we need to basically do something together to put this in place. Or if we don't, the bus will go. And, you know, there's a lot of different legislation that I see coming down the line that I would be concerned about for rural Ireland. And if that happens, well, then there's no good jumping up and kicking and giving out about it around the corridors of Linster House if you're not in where the piano may be. OK, I became aware of this reading the Irish Daily Mail this morning. So in it, you talk about a party which is sort of described as an anti-green party. Would that no, be an accurate I, I, representation? I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I would never say I'm anti-green. Actually, we come from an area where we've been brought up in the environment all our lives. And um, I think that the farming communities of Ireland are the best keepers of the environment right around the country so I'm not going to go uh, I wouldn't actually agree with that sentiment. Because a lot of people would say Michael that actually you should be friendly with the Green Party that the Green Party and yourself might have a lot of aligned interests in that you know the Irish Farmers Association for the big farmers might be more aligned with Fine Gael but when it comes to looking after the rights of small farmers and protecting the environment maybe you should be aligning with the Greens. Well the reality of it is to be very hard to align with the Green 
ministers that would go out under the nature restoration law and tell people from the top of Donegal down to the bottom of Kerry and indeed out as far as um, say Offaly that they may have to re-wet the little bit of a farm they have that's not for the small men met in any way um, we also have a land use policy coming into play that it will be detrimental um, and you know I see the smaller farmers um, look at they're under pressure at the moment um, and we need to make sure that there's a balance everyone is in everyone is all for a new technology everyone is for doing things um, properly but uh, the one thing you don't want uh, is to basically put something else ahead of re-wetting a person's farm. So wh- what do you mean by re-wetting for those who are not well, familiar for with the Anybody term. that doesn't understand it, there's a pro- proposal at the moment in the EU now in fairness to Finland and in fairness to uh, Sweden, they have opposed it. But unfortunately, and I had a debacle in the doll with Minister Ryan, uh, the Green ministers have said they support it all the way, which would mean that the land that the EU basically give grants met for farmers, especially the West, Northwest, the Midlands, Southwest, uh, out as far as Offaly, and indeed parts of Kildare, um, that they would have, where they have cattle and sheep on it at the moment, that they would be re-wetting that. It's called the Nature Restoration Law, and that we'd have 70% of that. And this isn't today. So when you say re-wetting, you're, are you talking about flooding it, or planting trees, or what well, is no, it? No, no, re-wetting is re-wetting, Matt. You'd be raising the level of the water. I'm not going to use the word flooding now, because I think that might be a step, you know, I know what re-wetting is, and it's where you bring the level of the water up, um, but to put it very simple and straight, you wouldn't be farming in it, you wouldn't be raising a family out of it, to put it very straight. And people might say, well, sure, Michael, they'll pay you for that. And, the Green- and yes, the Greens did say, well, we should pay farmers for that. But what, you, what they don't understand is the social and economic uh, problems that causes, for the simple reason, it's the local shopkeeper down the road or the local school you don't have to live in the area if you can't put cattle or sheep or do something with your land if it's, if, it's, if it's moist that nothing can walk on it obviously you don't have to be walking out and looking at it every day of the week um, you were also, also quoted as saying that you're involved in the last round in the fight for rural Ireland. What does that mean? Well, in my opinion, Matt, if the land use policy that's been proposed at the moment comes in in its present form, um, which is five hundred or sorry, which is twelve hundred one point. 2.5 million acres of land in forestry, even though at the moment <laughs> and we're all far doing a part, that each farmer would do a bit, um, we cannot plant a tree. If 1.25 million acres of forestry, and you know it's not going to be the Golden Vale that's going to happen to be quite frank about it, and if you go re-wetting 70% of drained peatland, which works out uh, with what's being proposed at nearly a half, or 720,000 acres, you're looking at 2 million acres. Now bear in mind that there's about 11 million acres in Ireland so you're looking at the goods of 20% that 20% will be balanced um, sort of towards the northwest, down to the southwest, down to Kerry and out to West Cork and out to the Midlands and that will put a huge effect if this goes through in its present form and unfortunately the Green Ministers are supporting that and indeed the government is supporting it at the moment, that's the reality of it and hopefully you know that governments will see light if you look at yesterday Tisha uh, Varadkar was very clear about the congestion charges and he said and it was a common sense answer, in my opinion, that when we have the things in place for people to decide how they can travel, well then we'll put in the congestion charge. That could be 20 years, 25 years. But what they're doing at the moment, and it's, it's, it's it, people don't realise they don't live in rural Ireland. There is an awful lot of farmers at the moment, nearly ashamed to say with the 
bashing they're getting for being farmers. We're not sticking out our chest and saying that we're actually the best at growing our, or having our beef or sheep or whatever in basically in Europe but on top of that there is an awful lot of uncertainty and where you have uncertainty not knowing is there going to be rewet not knowing is there what, what's this land use policy not knowing um, basically will you have a community around you you're not going to have spending of money and you're not going to have basically infrastructure requirements put in place But Michael would you not accept that there are major differences or major changes have to be made to deal with the man-made climate change emergency. That emissions have to be reduced and that everyone is going to have to make an effort, be it in reduction of uh, petrol and diesel cars to be replaced by electric vehicles, uh, be it all sorts of industries that are going to have to reduce their emissions and that agriculture in that has to play its part. Matt, I never said that agriculture wouldn't play its part. In actual fact, it's the agricultural sector that everyone will rely on. But you don't bring them by beating them in the head. You work with people. Right, give you an example, Matt. Um, we have 130,000 farmers in Ireland of different size farms. Um, under 50 acres of every farmer sought an acre of trees. And if they were asked in the morning, the reasonable people, they would do that. If you owe between 50 and 100, if it was two acres, and vice versa, keep going up along the line. You'd get the same thing rather than bringing this hammer way of saying, we are going to do this in one section of the country. This, you know, you do this by common sense and you do it by having a bit of common knowledge about rural Ireland, not sort of doing it in a heavy, basically using a sledge uh, instead of a hammer and and these are things that you can work around and do but unfortunately at the moment and people will tell you this this is the I'm I'm, I'm reflecting what I'm hearing on the ground the people will say no one seems to be listening to us they're just driving on and we don't know where we're going we cannot invest in our future we don't know where our kids future is going to be and that's a bad situation that needs to be clarified that needs to be rectified and needs to be put right Well then to finish tell us about your new political party how are you going to actually form it and how popular do you anticipate it could first be? Of all, first of all, it's not my political party. Get, 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 this is, this is about but if it's people. not yours, whose is it going to be? <laughs> Who's going to run it? Who's going <laughs> well, to be the driving force? Obviously, it'll be the people. First of all, Matt, I would have talked to some politicians. I would have talked to people in farming organisations who would all of, be of the same belief that I have talked about. I would have talked to business people and I would have talked to ordinary people that's living in the rural areas. When I say rural areas, this is towns and villages, not just abroad in the, where there's land. And I think what has to be done is that uh, we have to uh, come together um, in the not-too-distant future uh, and basically decide on policy document, because you have to have policy document, you have to have cohesion, you have to have a structure, and you have to, to make sure that if there was an election, that you give an alternative to the people to decide do they want this or not, and if they don't, that would be fine. Um, but you also have to be prepared to uh, bring those policy documents into a programme for government to basically go forward in implementing them because at the end of the day Mike if it's Morris can jump up and down Matt I can you can bring me on and we can talk about what's wrong and what's right and what's everything that won't solve anything at the end of the day it's whatever is written into a programme for government and while I wouldn't be an admirer of the Greens in fairness to them they set about their agenda what they believe in they are implementing that with their 12 TDs and if rural Ireland doesn't do that and this is the 
gauntlet I am throwing down. If rural Ireland doesn't do that, Matt, then we will face a difficult future with the things that I have highlighted going forward. And unfortunately, we will see a less affluent rural Ireland than we have now. Michael Fitzmaurice, TD for Roscommon Galway. Thank you very much for joining us. What do you think? 87 102 gives you the last word by text or by WhatsApp. Is there room for a new political party to represent the interests of rural Ireland? Could it be successful in a way that the Dutch party, the Farmer Citizen Movement, has been in recent regional elections in the Netherlands? Let us know what you think. We'll be back with lots more after this. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today,